Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We are seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools Fools for for Christ. Christ. Welcome to the show for today. We hope you have had a great weekend and a great Monday and are having a great Tuesday. So today the topic is professionalism is a virtue. It is, but first, I think we should check in with each other. Agreed. On some things that we said we, we promised we would. We each chose a beatitude. We did. To grow in. And we each said that we would do something to include more scripture in our life. Mm-hmm. So, all right. For my beatitude, uh, I wanted to become more merciful. And so I very actively thought of people that I have been withholding forgiveness from, usually like accidentally, like that person that I'm still mad at. Mm -hmm. And I forgot I was still mad at them. And so anytime that came up, and there's two people that I know of specifically that I was kind of like still harboring a grudge against and almost like having fun being angry at. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, And so I I gave up that anger and forgave those people. And it Mm. brought like noticeable peace into those relationships. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, um, mine was peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. And I had a lot of opportunities (laughs) to bring some peace to a situation. And, um, honestly to be the first to apologize is, is really what usually brings a lot of peace to a situation. Even if regardless of where the wrong falls or, um, and I just had the opportunity a lot, and I was, it was so joyful to enter into that and to get the responses and the peace that came out of that. It was really wonderful. That's one of those like funny counterintuitive moments in Christianity where you think, like, okay, I have to be the one to eat crow and be humble <laughs> and, and say, I was wrong, you're right, I'm dumb, you're smart. Like, <laughs> and it, like, it only brings more happiness and peace. Yeah. I mean, it really... Like, Especially in any kind of family relationship, any family scenario where there's tension, that is what that is the the most soothing balm to apologize. Mm. Um, So I'm glad you experienced that. So what did you with scripture? What did you do? Well, scripture, um, I didn't really go for quantity, um, but rather quality. So because I'm I'm in spiritual direction, I had a list of scripture to work through. Um, for the month and the Lord was really moving um, with actually the gospel passage from last week I had no idea that it was coming up (laughs) but that's where my heart had stayed with um, what the Holy Spirit was doing in my life so I am the way the truth and the life yeah and really just before that when he says I have prepared a place for you um, and, and trusting in him that he has prepared it and so that's really where I was staying in Scripture so I really was diving into that passage. So unfortunately, didn't get very far with scripture. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, sometimes that uh, that can be a very rich source and we don't need to go anywhere else. We just stay in one spot. I mean, mm-hmm. it really sounds like t- the first thing that came to my mind when you said trust and I've prepared a place for you, it's um, 
to to act on that like for me mm. the the goal would be to act on that and say okay i know what you've said now i have to act like i believe it so mm. have you prepared a place for me yes what does that mean for my life oh okay i guess it means i really like <laughs> i am i have to acknowledge i'm not the one in the driver's seat like i thought mm. and i'm just going to continue to trust and like rather oh, than try to make plans for everything yeah I'll make the the plans necessary to be a responsible adult and then trust you. Yeah. And there's so much more freedom in that. I think that's actually, thank you for putting it so articulately because that's, that's really where he's calling me to enter into more fully and why I think he's been slowly working on my heart (laughs) with that scripture passage Yeah, because that's what I need to enter into. Nice. And how about you? How did you do a scripture? So I did pretty well. I said I was going to read the book of Romans. Yeah. And it's actually, it, it's fairly long and dense. So I mean, it's not just like light reading. Like you can kind of read the Psalms and just almost a little mindlessly go through and still feel like you read them. Romans is not that way. I mean, you have to, it's a, I would say a very carefully crafted argument. And so mm-hmm. if you, if you get in one of those sleepy modes where you're just glossing over you look up and you're like, well, what just happened for four chapters? And you have to go back. Um, mm-hmm. And there are a number of times that happened. But I did read all of Romans. Um, it wasn't wow. the first time, but it was the first time in a long time that I've read it uh, sequentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also read a commentary along with it. I think I had said that that was my goal, to read a commentary of Romans along with it. What commentary did you read? I just used the the Peter Kraft book that we had mentioned. Oh, yeah. um, you can understand <clears throat> scripture. You can read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so it was only five pages of commentary. Um, and his goal was really not so much to um, to say he understands everything in there, but really just to say, like, read it and then reread it and try to understand the argument. And the so my I think my continued goal is now actually going to be to read it twice um, before mm-hmm. the next time, because that's one of those things. It's really it's the in the, the words of uh, a number of smart people whose names I forgot. Um, <laughs> it's like the first well thought out theology in Christian okay. history. Um, and that it's the, uh, the earliest time where someone attempted a systematic defense of the faith. And it actually mm. a, a, like a doctrine of salvation of like, how does this whole salvation thing work that like humans find ourselves in this funny state mm-hmm. where life's not what we know it should be. You know, we've got that ache, but we can't really just, dis- we can't fix it ourselves. Yeah. So what on earth do we do? The Lord fixes that. Why does he do it? Um, so I kind of want to understand what the f- very first Christian response was to that question. Hmm. Um, so we can check back in next week, and, and hopefully I'll have uh, two readings of Romans under my belt that I can talk about. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, shall we jump right into our topic for the day? Sounds good. Um, So we're talking today about how professionalism is a virtue. And um, I was tasked a couple years ago now to give a talk to a bunch of uh, my staff about how to be professional. Um, I kind of got the short end of the straw there. Like no one else wanted to give this (laughs) talk. Like some people get to give like, (laughs) why is the Eucharist important? Yeah. And then you're like, here, talk about dressing nice. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about, yeah, talk about how they have to keep confidentiality and wear specific clothing. Yeah. So um, I 
I dove into it and I found this study from York College uh, in Pennsylvania where they were asking, what does it mean to be professional? And I thought it was just mind blowing because they were asking CEOs and HR professionals when they say they're looking for a professional, what is it that they actually mean? And so they had a bunch of these qualities and they asked these CEOs and HR professionals to um, identify which ones were most important to them when they said the word professional. And I think so frequently we think of a professional as someone who's an expert in the field. And of course that's not, it's not as important to us because God um, doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Right. Yeah, you don't necessarily need to be like the the best scripture scholar to still be a successful youth minister or to right. still be a successful catechist in your parish. Mm-hmm. And but so, you, you, you kind of do still need to be professional, because um, otherwise, really, the we'd kind of talked about this in in preparing. One of the first things we have to to accomplish is what establishing trust. Trust, yeah. And ma- like letting people know, yeah, you can, you know, if you're teaching children, you can leave your kids here for an hour and you can trust that I'm going to, I'm just going to help them to draw closer to the Lord or at least offer them that path. Right. Um, so this is a very secular, under- like a very secular word. And so, so often when we're like getting very caught up in the faith and exploring the beauty of our faith, sometimes the secular things don't feel as attractive to right. us as the beauty of the Catholic Church. And they can even feel a little foreign. Like, I'm just thinking, like, if, let's say you fall in love with, with St. Francis, and you think, well, all right, I'm going to go barefoot, or maybe I'll wear, I'll wear Birkenstocks, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to wear a habit and shave a tonsure in my head and, and whatnot. Um, let's all wear tonsures. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, and not to say there's anything wrong with it. I mean, that like we have a state in, of life in the church for people who who feel called to that, called religious yeah. life. But for um, for a lot of people, that may I'm just to thinking about the the many many people I know of mm-hmm. who've come into a ministry position with great zeal mm-hmm. and a lot of excitement. A lot of times, a lot of youth. Um, but they, without a, a kind of a full understanding of that professionalism, because, you know, they weren't the business major in school where you'd probably get groomed and that would just be a a part of your classes to say like, look, you have to, you have to present yourself in such a way that people automatically trust you or people will learn Mm -hmm. to trust you. And instead, um, I think I, at least it seems like I see a lot of young people get burnout or not, not even young people, just people who go into ministry in general who might not have embraced professionalism Mm -hmm. they get burned out or they get burned by other people who perceive them regardless of of how well prepared they are to lead people to the lord they don't they never gain the trust of the people they need they need to gain that trust from and so they're never given the real chance they need to succeed Mm -hmm. and so it's almost like they they blow it before they ever get started and no matter how good they are at leading people to the lord People just write them off and yeah. they say, you know, this, this person's not working six months in, they're out of a job yeah. um, and they just don't last. Um, so if that's you, this is, um, <laughs> or if you feel like you want to work in the church or even if you don't want to work in the church, and, but you work in the world and you're like, how can I, how can I more closely combine 
my love for the Lord and my job. That's the goal of this talk, to help you, the goal of our topic for the day, to help you understand wherever you are, how professionalism is literally like a better way of living out the Christian life. Mm -hmm. So... Well, and for me, when I first started with working for the diocese, um, coming in as a young 20-something, you know, I didn't want to blow it. Right. I wanted them to be able to see that I could do what I said I was going to do. And so I reached out to um, a good friend of mine, and I, I just asked him. He had been in doing diocesan work before, and he works at Franciscan University now. Uh, I asked him to be my job mentor, and I said, "How do you, how do you learn, <laughs> how to do this stuff? Yeah. You know, how do you learn how to be a diocesan director, which was my role?" And the first thing he said to me was, "Read leadership books." Well, the, one of the several top things he yeah. said to me: read leadership books. So, just secular business leadership books. And one of the ones he recommended to me was something called Love Works by Joel Manby, and it's um, from the the guy who did Undercover Boss. And so it's basically, um, he, he was on Undercover Boss, and it's basically saying that in order to be a good professional, you have to be Christian, like Christian morality. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, right, not, yeah, not yeah. practicing Christian religion and right. faith and belief, but... That they are equal to each other. Yeah. A Christian morality and um, a good business etiquette are one and the same. That kind of makes sense. I mean, it, like what you want in a leader would be um, someone you would respect and someone you feel like you could follow and someone you could trust and weren't worried about them leading you astray in many, many ways. Mm-hmm. What is that if not someone who's pursuing uh, the perfection of charity and the perfection of virtue? Yeah. Yeah. So as I started looking at this talk, as I was uh, voluntold (laughs) to give this talk, um, I started just looking at what does it actually mean to be professional? And let's start there. Because if being a professional means to be an expert in a particular field, then that is not what our faith tells us to do and to be. that is not the epitome of greatness, right? So when I started looking into the etymology, I've realized that it comes from the word, the Latin word, professionem, which is the idea of the profession of vows in religious life. And so it's actually an occupation one professes to be skilled in. It's a high standard of ethics, behavior, or work activities while carrying out one's profession. So in other words, it's it's saying like, okay, I sounds odd, but it's it's a bit like I don't want to take this too lightly. Taking vows of doing something in a certain way and saying yes, I agree to to uphold certain standards of both work, like this is the quality of my work, and this is that I'm going to treat everybody I engage with, mm-hmm. which again is kind of what I mean. It's a big part of Christianity. We we say like yes i reject satan yes i like i'm gonna follow the gospel and i believe in everything the lord has revealed so this is to me professionalism this is what i I try to to embody at work is allowing the gospel to transform every way i interact with other people 
um, which means, yeah, I'm always ethical. And because I'm doing the work for the Lord, I'm always going to try to do it really, really well, which is just another way of, of saying I want to work well to, I mean, everybody has a reason why they're working well. My reason just happens to be like my religion, my relationship with God motivates me to do that. Yeah. And I would argue, I mean, if like if regardless of what career you're in, you could use that as your motivation. And like if you reached the perfection of the Christian life, you'd probably very well be like the best employee at that (laughs) firm unless everybody alongside you is trying to do that thing. Um, It's probably why like religious orders and monasteries and whatnot get along so well and have, and a lot of times very successful business models because they're all trying to, without saying that they're being professional, they are being professional. I mean, if every monk in the monastery who's making cheese just says, okay, I'm going to treat everybody well and I'm going to work really, really hard because that's what the Lord wants me to do, they're probably going to make really good cheese and be efficient and not waste time and money. Yeah. Yeah. So... In, I feel like in, in just about every leadership book, there is, uh, there's a set of, they, they give you like a laundry list and like, we'll do all of these things. And one of the <laughs> things that, that I find so surprising is, I guess I shouldn't find it surprising. Everybody comes up with the same answers. Yeah. Now, to write a book, you always got to find a new way to spin it. Yes. Um, yes. But it's really all the same stuff. Yeah. And so th- what was so neat about this study was that because I was coming at professionalism as if it's an expert in a particular field. Um, I had no desire to give this talk, and neither did my colleagues. But once I started to shift that, and I actually looked at this York College study, the survey that they did, I recognized that that was actually one of the very last things on their list. And so when I took just the top seven things that they had ranked, the top seven qualities, and as I was sitting with it and praying with it, I realized that they matched the virtues so the seven virtues that are kind of like the, the classical categories within Christianity of this, this governs really our, the whole realm of morality and, and what we would call good behavior, yeah. what I would call happiness. Yes. And so I thought that was just fantastic. And so we're going to go through this list based on, um, in, in the order of the way the York College study ranked them. Okay. And so the very top point... Um, the most important thing was that a professional accepts personal responsibility for their decisions and actions. And, I mean, that's just justice through and through. Yeah. So if you, what would you, can you give us like a working or functional definition of justice? That you, like I guess the the one that comes to my mind, and feel free to to like add on to this or correct Mm -hmm. it, is always um, a very simple one, but giving to everyone what is due to them. Um, so in, in, this, in that sense, like we respond with justice to God and that he is due our worship, so we give God our worship. And others are due their rights, and so we give others their rights. So this is, in a sense, like taking responsibility if you say, correct me if I'm wrong, just kind of like putting it together. If you tell your employer, if you tell your coworker you are going to do X, You've, you've taken on a responsibility, mm-hmm. and you now owe that to that person to accomplish that. Yes. Assuming, you know, all sorts of other stuff. Like, you said it when you were in the right mind and with the right expectation and all that kind of thing. But um, in other words, like, you could say living up to your word. Um, yeah. Sticking true to the promises you make. Yeah. 
It also, I think, means owning up to a mistake. Yeah. So let's say you weren't able to fulfill your word, outright apologizing for it and saying, I was supposed to do this for you and I didn't, and here's how I'm going to make it up to you. Right. And then, yeah, moving on from there, not letting that, that breakdown right there be almost like this, this odd pothole in the the relationship between you and a coworker, especially you and a supervisor, mm-hmm. that never gets repaired, never gets damaged. And then they, they anytime they come back to that spot, they're like, oh, boom, boom. Like, I forgot yeah. this person didn't get that done. It doesn't get that done. Um, whereas if you, if you own up to it and then you fix it and figure out how you're going to fix it in the future so it doesn't happen again, that really shouldn't be anything but a, but a distant memory in the work relationship. Mm-hmm. So what was the, the next item on the, the professional qualities. Yeah, the next thing that they were looking for, they said competent verbal and written communication. Okay. And to me, that matched up with fortitude and courage. Really? Yeah. So ex- explain that more to me, because I guess just off the top of my head, the, um, I don't know, yeah, tell me more of how you came up with the connection between the two. Well, I think that um, the way we communicate with others and being very direct and charitable requires a lot of courage. Agreed. <laughs> and I think very frequently it's fear of what the other person thinks right. that stops us from communicating effectively. Yeah. And so it's the courage that we need in order to effectively communicate um, to confront others in a way that's loving whenever that's necessary and to use the correct language and tone. Yeah. I like that because it, it does. Um, I mean, that's, I, I can't imagine a job where communication like clear, both like verbal and written communication wasn't essential. I mean, in anything you have to be able to like share ideas and receive ideas from other people. And that means you have to be willing to speak up when you disagree with something, when you think someone else is wrong, and I mean, to and to do so in charity so that you don't cause issues. Mm-hmm. This is a, to me, this is really really easy to see how that is kind of a one of the the challenges of uh, when I say challenge, I mean I mean like the the thing we're called to in Christianity um, is hey, let's do this a little bit better. Like, don't be afraid. Trust that the Lord is going to make this work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, otherwise, if people were, this will absolutely roll over into our, like the way we privately live our faith, because if we can at work not be afraid of what people are going to think, then when we're evangelizing, when we're discussing our faith with people, we'll be less afraid to actually share what we really think and to do so with the confidence needed to sound convicting Mm. um, or to be convincing rather. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one, was projecting a professional image. Okay. So this was the one about, um, you know, what you wear mm-hmm. shows professionalism. But the virtue that I matched with that was um, being temperate. Temperance is the to regulate right reason. Okay. Um, it provides balance in the use of created goods. So if I, like... To me, what comes to mind here is I, I typically try to shave every day. I actually didn't today, <laughs> but um, I try to shave every day. And the, usually the reason I don't is just because I'm feeling lazy and I don't, I'd rather not do it. 
Um, so this one, it was very clear to me. Like I, I have to make the effort, which means like sometimes I might rather wear sweatpants um, or to, I'm sure a lot of people would rather wear yoga pants to work mm-hmm. than whatever it is they're yep. ordinarily supposed to wear. Um, but that's one of those times where we, we kind of put down the pleasure of the created goods of yoga pants and, <laughs> and, and Crocs, if that's you, um, and instead put on our our big boy and big girl clothes and <laughs> go to work. Yeah. Um, so what's the next one on our list? Um, the next one was able to think and act independently. And the virtue for that was prudence. Okay. Prudence, which would be uh, like right reason in action. So taking that idea of, of temperance and making it happen. Um, actually, like knowing what to do in the right situation. Yeah. Because prudence is one of the virtues I like the most and practice the least. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and with that one, I mean, the biggest thing for me when I'm looking at someone professional is if you don't know the answer, like say that right you know like try to figure it out yourself if you can't ask questions take initiative and then go to who you need to if it's beyond your job description Mm -hmm. and i mean yeah like look and fight and dig for the answer don't just give up if you don't know it and throw it on somebody else but figure it out and then do it Mm -hmm. um i mean that's it's kind of like being an adult in all areas of our life whether it's in our faith or our working life. Yeah. Um, it's We can't be lazy in one area and expect it not to influence how we act in the other area. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next the next item on there is? Um, demonstrates a passion for one's work. I thought this was great that this was on here. Yeah. That and, way, I mean, nobody wants a dead fish in the office. <laughs> no. And this is, I mean, this is something we can stand behind yeah. in the ministry professions. Absolutely. Um, and so the charity here, I, I went into the theological virtues. The um, the virtue here is love. So demonstrating your love of your work. This... And, and truly finding a way to love your work, even when it's like taking out the trash. Yeah. And that, I mean, that might be like a bit of mental gymnastics in a good way for you, like looking and searching for reasons why you want to do this. Um, I actually, I saw this this past weekend. I was at a, a different parish because I was visiting my in-laws for Mother's Day. And um, I remember thinking of the, just in one way, the professionalism, but the passion and the love needed to really, really preach well. And that hmm. what's what's convicting there is not just intellectual ability. And like, I mean, you wouldn't really like someone who could sit there and very coldly state all the facts of our relationship yeah. with God, but you'd want to listen to someone who was like, almost desperately in love with the Lord, Mm -hmm. they would, they would be a much better speaker. Yes. Um, Yeah. What is next on our list? (laughs) So the next one is being able to be flexible. And so the virtue there is faith. Yeah. And that to me is so self-explanatory. Faith is um, believing in God, believing all that he said and revealed to us uh, because he's truth itself. And so believing in his word. And that's, as we've mentioned earlier, what I'm struggling with right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's that, that faith, being able to be flexible, being able to recognize when you're in charge, but when you're not in control. Yeah, and I think the like the via negativa of this, someone who, who was not flexible, they'd be so rigid that they could not see that something would work if it wasn't done their way. Mm. Um, and I would... I know just in my own life, when I'm not flexible with the Lord or with the people I work with, 
I usually just end up making me the center of attention. Mm. It's like, way to go, Captain You Planet, Dan. (laughs) Um, Well, the last one, our our seventh characteristic of being a professional, um, having a clear sense of direction and purpose. So knowing knowing where you're going and how you're going to get there. And what does that correlate with? Hope. That is perfect, (laughs) which is really like the... Hope is one of the things I love most about hope is um, it's almost, I think, according to St. Thomas Aquinas, hope makes present the thing hoped for. So it's this Mm. like almost counterintuitive thing. When you hope for heaven, you hope for salvation, you already get it a little bit. Like it's, Mm. it begins to be present in your life. The more you hope, the more you have the, the virtue of hope, the more the Lord is present in your life. Um, so if you're if you're like a, a Thomist, feel free to correct me and send in an email and be like, you're wrong, Dan, you got that messed up. But <laughs> I like being corrected. So. Um, well, that is, in a nutshell, the ways you can be more professional. So can we run through those one more time and just give a quick list? Sure, yeah. Um, number one was... Accepting personal responsibility for decisions and actions. That's justice. Number two is being competent in your verbal and written communication. Ironically, I messed that up. And (laughs) um, that one corresponds with fortitude and courage. Projecting a professional image, temperance and restraint. Ability to think and act independently, which is prudencia. (laughs) Demonstrates a passion for one's work, love. Flexibility, faith. And a clear sense of direction and purpose, hope. Well, that is our seven ways that you can become more professional in your faith and your work. So we hope you enjoyed this show. Thank you for joining us. And we look forward to speaking with you next time. Until next time, God bless. Take care. Bye. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.